Hey everyone, sorry for the poor audio quality at the beginning of the episode. Richard and I didn't really notice that we didn't have our our mics plugged in. Um, we got we got them in about halfway through the episode, so the audio quality gets better. But um, sorry in advance for for the poor sounding quality at the beginning of the episode. Um, let's get right into it. Welcome to the USF Oracle Sports Podcast, where we talk sports with some of USF's best athletes, coaches, and all around great human beings. My name is Richard Silva. And I'm Francisco Rosa. Let's get into it. Hey, Bulls fans, welcome back to another episode of the USF Oracle Sports Podcast. On uh, this episode, we actually had the privilege of interviewing someone else. It's uh, Zimmerman Masscom's school academic advisor, uh, Daniel Shunlut. He's a longtime USF women's basketball fan. So we spoke to him a little bit about some of his all-time favorite uh, memories being a, a, woman's, a USF women's basketball fan, uh, some of his time in the Herd of Thunder, what he thinks of the team now, and what he thinks the team can accomplish moving forward. So yeah, it was a pretty good talk with him, and uh, we, hope you, uh, we hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Hey, Bulls fans. Welcome back to another episode of the USF Oracle Sports Podcast. I'm Francisco Rosa here with my co-host, Richard Silva, and we're here with USF women's basketball superfan, um, Daniel Shonut. Um, <laughs> Superfan. I, I just I just think I'm a very old fan at this point. Uh, <laughs> I've date I dated myself, you know. I was, I was talking earlier about uh, you know going up there to see their first NCAA uh, tournament game, and uh, my gracious, that was uh, about 15 years ago. <laughs> you, you, that could literally be an angsty teenager by now if that was a if that was a memory. Your fandom is old enough to have a, a driver's permit right now in the state of Florida. Yeah, you know, one, one really cool thing about the uh, program is that I, I certainly am not even by, by far, you know, the, the least experienced fan of that program. You know, there are people that have been following this program uh, since before Coach Fernandez got, uh, you know, took the reins uh, back in 2000. So is that how long you've been following about 15 years? Um, so I moved down to Tampa in 2003 and I got admitted to USF, uh, in 2004. And, um, you know, my first, I guess, exposure to that team was, um, when I was in the basketball band with the Herd of Thunder. And, you know, uh, that was the first couple of years that they were really starting to, you know, develop as a a really great team uh, where Coach Fernandez, you know, his first couple seasons, yeah, he was definitely rebuilding um, opportunity uh, and, you know, being part of the Herd of Thunder and, you know, ju- just seeing the chemistry uh, that Coach Fernandez had brought to that team and seeing, you know, how diverse that team was. Um, and they're just fun to watch. Uh, so, you know, even when I moved up to South Carolina for a couple of years, um, you know, actually, uh, one of my angriest moments as a sports fan was when they were playing uh, Texas Tech, I think, in the first round. And this was in 2013. Uh, I think that was the year. Um, and I was up in uh, Myrtle Beach. I was a freshman dorm director up at Coastal Carolina. 
uh, and uh, the feed had cut out literally at the end of that game. It was a really close one, so it was uh, not a happy, not a happy moment. So, is that how you got introduced to women's basketball with the Herd of Thunder, or did you have a? Did you were you a fan of it prior? So, you know, growing up, um, it was really cool to see, you know, what Pat Summit was doing for the Tennessee, uh, Tennessee team, um, because, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s is when, really when uh, not only, you know, Coach Summit, but also Gino Ariema up at UConn, you know, that was starting to really turn into a rivalry. Um, so and being from North Carolina, which is, you know, where I grew up, uh, you know, that's college basketball central. You know, you have Duke and North Carolina, a lot of the blue bloods up there. So, yeah, um, kind of talking about, you know, you talked about the feed cutting out, and um, while you're watching that Texas Tech game in 2013, how is it now that, you know, USF basketball, you can watch almost any game now with ESPN Plus. Um, how is that experience for you finally being able to, maybe you weren't able to watch away games in the past now you're able to well you know technology is great it makes it a lot easier obviously I'm, I'm a much more local fan um even though you know interstate four it seems that uh it takes me just as long to get to lakeland from tampa as it does to get to myrtle beach uh to uh, myrtle beach from tampa so it's uh you know but um you know being a uh if you're not a local fan and can't make the games and can't uh, you know, listen to the games on the radio, you know, uh, technology like ESPN plus, And now that, you know, the internet has really taken a stronger hold of, uh, you know, sports broadcasting. Um, you know, I think that's, that's really great, especially for non-local fans. You know, especially now with, um, with COVID hitting, it, it kind of seems like, like such cruel fate that this season, the season that they finally won the regular season, title which they did on tuesday night against ucf it seems really cruel that you know it was a year that we were hit by a pandemic and you know they just didn't get the celebration that they deserved you know yeah you know and uh that seems to be a theme you know tampa the first time in more than 50 years that a host team made it to the super bowl and it just happened to be the year that you know there were really uh no massive events like there would be uh you know, in a normal uh, pre-COVID Super Bowl year. So, you know, it was still a great experience to see the Buccaneers win it, but, you know, you always wonder, you know, what might have been, you know? Definitely. You mentioned earlier that one of your least favorite um, times as a fan was when that feed cut out, but transitioning to more of your best moments as a fan, where did Tuesday's win and, you know, the regular season title rank in that as a Bulls fan? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, this season there were two really significant moments. That was a big one. Um, and then the win over Mississippi State, because that was really another kind of uh, white whale that had eluded Coach Fernandez was just a big win over a top 10 team. Uh, you know, in Mississippi State, you know, the, uh, they're still a solid team. Um, they certainly didn't end up being as dominant as they had been in previous years. Uh, probably my favorite uh, moment was uh, the entire first weekend uh, when USF got to host uh, through um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, serendipity, you know, because uh, USF ended up being a six seed, uh, but the uh, three seed, which was Louisville, uh, their their uh, 
stadium, the uh, Yum Center, which I think is hilarious. I thought was it was a hilarious name for a stadium until uh, USF decided to partner with uh, Yingling. Um, uh, you know, so Louisville, the Yum Center was contracted to host the uh, men's tournament that weekend. So uh, USF, by being the second highest ranked team, got to host the entire first weekend of that uh, of their kind of mini bracket. Um, you know, and, uh, it was just such a different environment because, uh, you know, I brought my dad with me to, to those, uh, two opening games and, you know, uh, the, uh, home team obviously gets the second game of that first night, um, you know, to walk in, in the middle of the first, first game, it was just such a weird experience, you know, and it was really cool. Um, you know, it was definitely, uh, a really active environment. Uh, you know, it was a lot, it was loud. It was just a lot of fun. So, um, you know, Louisville, uh, uh, their coach obviously, uh, has done fantastic things for their program. They ended up, uh, getting out of that weekend, uh, going on to the sweet 16, but USF definitely gave them a fight. So, um, you know, that, that's definitely, uh, the moment for me, um, that entire opening weekend, uh, that was back in 2016. 2015. You you've seen a lot of seasons of of USF basketball mm-hmm. um, since since you've become a fan. Yeah. Um. Where would you rank this team in like the pantheon of like great teams that 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 Coach Fernandez has, has had the pleasure of coaching? You know, we had you know that that time with Courtney Williams and and a bunch of other great teams. Kajita Lasik. Um. Um, was here um where does this team rank for you so um you know it's tough not having the full season you know their non-conference schedule they had uh some some really good opponents but you know it was really really small non-conference schedule so it's really hard to compare apples to oranges um you know, and, and I guess we'll see, uh, you know, if and when they make uh, the NCAA tournament, um, you know, how far they're able to go. Um, you know, I think this is right on par with the Courtney Williams, um, Alicia Jenkins uh, teams, the, the 2015 to 2017 teams that, you know, were really competitive against some really um, high caliber opponents. So um, we're recording this on the heels of, um, of Thursday's loss to uh, mm-hmm. UCF. So obviously this is contingent upon what happens in the conference tournament, but where do you see is their floor and their ceiling as, um, as the seeding in the NCAA tournament? It's a good question. Um, you know, uh, me certainly not being an expert, um, you know, Charlie cream is though. Um, and before tonight he had USF as a, a six seed, um, which I think it's a solid prediction. Um, I think what tonight did was, solidify uh not that usf doesn't deserve a six seed i think they do i I think anywhere between a five and a seven seed is going to be their sweet spot if they can make it to at least the semifinals they can't cannot uh let uh whoever they're going to play which i think uh it would either be uh wichita state or i forget who wichita state is playing but um in that eight nine game on uh, monday uh it's so it's um the the bracket came out today. It's, it's Wichita and Tulsa. Yeah, so Wichita whoever, and Tulsa. Yeah. So, 
So, uh, you know, as long as they don't, uh, you know, have that slip up in the quarterfinals, I think they're solidly in. Um, you know, if they if they uh, lose to in the semifinals to uh, they mo- more likely be uh, uh, probably either a Temple or Tulane uh, in the semis, then, you know, you're probably going to be looking at anywhere between an 8, 9, 10 seed. Uh, if they make it to the finals, uh, you know, anywhere I think between a 6 and 8 seed is probably their uh, probably their sweet spot. Um, you know, I, I think uh, tonight's loss really solidified uh, that UCF absolutely belongs in the tournament field. Um, I, I think it's an absolute joke that it was even in question prior to tonight. Um, you know, the American actually has three teams that should be uh, uh, in the conversation, you know, USF, UCF, and Houston. Um, you know, and I think uh, uh, Tulane can really make a deep WNIT run as well. Um, we'll see how they do. Um, you know, so it, it's pretty wide open. Um, you know, the problem is that with UConn leaving the conference, you know, the American, um, and this is according to, you know, net rankings, um, is the ninth best conference. Uh, so it's behind the Missouri Valley. Um, you know, uh, I think unquestionably it's a two bid league, um, but how good are those two teams going to be seated? So, yeah, um, Coach Fernandez was talking about that a little bit in one of the post game press conferences about how, you know, UConn left the conference and now it, it kind of seems like he says that it's kind of because of a lack of coverage with the American mm-hmm. that they get as as much respect and and, and you can see it because. UCF definitely belongs. USF definitely belongs. Houston has a very strong case. They're a really good team. And Tulane, I even though they they'll probably make the WNIT, I feel like they're a team that that could that that's an NCAA tournament worthy team. They have a really good offense. Drakela Jordan is 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 an incredible young talent that that's going to be in this league for the next three or four years and, and USF is going to have to watch out for it. So I think um, the American hopefully um, in the years to come gets a bit more respect because I feel like there's a lot of, you know, diamonds in the rough that, that just haven't been discovered because they don't get enough coverage. Absolutely. You know, and I think that was uh, a downside uh, to this, uh, season is that you know a lot of teams did not play a full non-conference schedule yeah. uh you know usf uh coach fernandez does this every season to where you know he really uh schedules some tough opponents he even did that when he, when they had the pleasure of playing uconn twice a year uh three times because they'd always play in the, in, in the uh, american tournament um but he always always uh scheduled a very tough non-conference slate um and you saw that you know ucf um did the same thing uh this season you know they scheduled lsu they scheduled virginia uh two power five uh programs so yeah and and i'm pretty sure they were in the that they were scheduled to enter into the battle of atlantis tournament which is always one of the premier non-conference tournaments to start the season so um -hmm. you know they had a loaded non-conference slate, and according to Coach, they have another one set up for next year, so should be exciting. Um, to, to continue talking 
about the tournament, you know, because it's it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Before the season started, um, we kind of did a preseason predictions kind of thing of where we could see this team going. I kind of said um, that they could make it to at least the Sweet 16 if they get a decent seating. Where do you kind of see their floor and ceiling be in terms of how far that they can make it um, and 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 how far you think this team can go? So I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of every sport out there. Um, you know, I love uh, the World Cup. I love the Olympics. But the opening weekend of March Madness, it just hits differently. You know, it, it's my favorite, 100%. favorite, favorite weekend of the year. Um, it, it, I'm sorry. No, 100%. I, I totally agree. You know, it's the it's the only uh, sporting event in which I will intentionally take two afternoons off just to make sure that I'm 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 you know watching those games because you know it it because of those David versus Goliath you know matchups. So to answer your question, um, anything could happen. Um, so you know if uh, USF uh, doesn't make it out of the semifinals. Um, which I, you know, I think they have a very good shot at winning the American. They're they're still going to be, I think, the favorite to win the the conference championship. Um, so if they get you know that eight seed, um, you know, it's going to be very difficult to hang with a UConn or a South Carolina or a Texas A and M. Um, you know, I saw South Carolina play uh, Arkansas earlier this season, and I mean, they just hit shots from all over the floor. You know, they looked, uh, you know, butter smooth. So, you know, it. Uh, so, you know, hanging with uh, a team like South Carolina or UConn, it's going to be very tough. Um, you know, but if they get that six or seven seed, um, then they have a three or two seed to look forward to in the second round. And I think they can pull that off. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, Baylor, who uh, right now is uh, has an RPI of six. Um, so they're a top 10 team. You know, USF stood toe to toe with them for the entire, you know, 40 minutes. So, um, you know, I think their ceiling is, um, you know, the national championship if they want to if they want to do that. Um, you know, and if, if the uh, ball rolls the right way, you know, I think uh, tonight's game, for example, you know, you saw uh, the the rim just wasn't a friend of the Bulls tonight. Um, you know, and there are other games where that, you know, uh happened the other way you know that entire first quarter against UCF on uh, Tuesday night you know they were hitting from all over mm-hmm. um and uh and then in the uh, last three quarters um uh, I believe uh, it's uh, Lewis from UCF yeah. um you know she was just on fire those last couple quarters so uh you know I think uh you know USF could get upset in the first round and they could win the national championship you know that's the beauty of March Madness um mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No. Oh, um, no, but I was just going to say to hit that ceiling, they're probably going to have to get back to what they were doing before that 31 day shutdown. Cause even after and the wins they've had after there were some real close games in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? Not so much happened during that break, but what do you think they need to get back to doing, um, that they were doing prior to the shutdown? Well, the big things, uh, limit turnovers, um, you know, they have to come out swinging like they did against UCF um, and, you know, really use Manunga's strength um, to get those inside points. Uh, I think if they do that, 
um, they can really make a deep run um, in the NCAA. Something else me and Francisco were talking about before was one of Francisco's favorite players on the team is Maria Alvarez. And Mm -hmm. before the shutdown, she was lighting it up. She was, she she was pulling from everywhere on the court. And since coming back, she's, it seems she's kind of struggled to find her footing. So I think she's another big one that's going to, she's going to need to be able to knock down some shots and kind of be that microwave off the bench for them. If they're going to beat some of these top teams. I agree. I think that go ahead. I was going to say, you know, one uh, common denominator that you'll find amongst the, you know, uh, the eight seeds that beat the one seeds or the seven seeds that beat the two seeds or even the double digits over single digit uh, upsets first weekend, um, you know, they shoot. I mean, they, they you know, it's uh, once in a while you'll get a Florida Gulf Coast Dunk City team. Um, but, you know, the teams that really can upset uh, the the Blue Bloods, you know, they're the ones that can hit three pointers, the ones that you know, take advantage of a team trying to uh, guard the post, so. Yeah, it's especially a player like Maria Alvarez and the shooters that USF has are going to be so important come tournament time because it's, it's such a cliche that basketball is a game of runs, but that becomes especially true in the tournament because you could be up, 17 points but I feel like once like in a blink of an eye your lead is cut down to 10 after a couple of big threes and then all of a sudden palms get sweaty legs get tight and then it it becomes a real barn burner and you need shooters like that to get you into cutting deficits and also extending leads and and, you know like staving off opponents so they're going to be big come the tournament yeah absolutely Um. um no, I was just going to say, Francisco, uh, your, I mentioned earlier, your favorite player is Maria. Mine, I, I've had a couple. I really like uh, Bravankova's defense. Who are your some of, favorite, some of your favorite players, Daniel, on the squad? Well, you know, I mean, I really uh, can't play favorites. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Manunga has, you know, really been just a dynamic athlete for uh, this team uh, this season uh, between uh, just – really doing well at boxing out and uh you know being that inside presence that i think even the the courtney williams and alicia jenkins teams uh didn't have that inside presence you know that was always their achilles heel was uh you know that uh they could shoot lights out but they couldn't get physical uh so you know that was the uh that was what happened against louisville um and that's you know that's why uh they were on the uh, unfortunate end of that game. Um, and that's why, you know, they certainly went toe to toe with UConn for a few minutes at a time, but it ended up being, you know, UConn dominating was, you know, they, they played a very physical game. Um, you know, and I think that one thing USF does well this season, um, is that, you know, they're not intimidated by, uh, a full court press. Um, I think they've done very well to get out of those. Um, and I think the previous teams have really, uh, gotten messed up. Uh, when they were trapped, so. Yeah, and I, Betty is a walking double double, and like you said about mm-hmm. getting um, getting out of those full court traps, is I think Betty plays a large part of that as she offers another player that, that the guards could get the ball to because she's not shy in pushing the ball up the court herself. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to talk to you a bit. You've been a fan for such a long time. Mm-hmm. What's been like your? So we've kind of talked about your biggest experiences and you talked about that Louisville game 
but what what are those moments where you've where you've really been like a fan like uh i don't want to say irrationally emotional but one of those moments where you just like you just like lost it or like out of excitement or out of like what was that what are some of those moments for you well i will say that uh, i lost my voice at the louisville game before halftime um uh what were some of the other moments that's a good question um the and this was back when i was uh a, a very younger and uh less mature student um you know one of the dumber moments uh was uh maybe launching some inappropriate language um at the uh yukon huskies uh back when uh uh back when you know this was back in the big east um so uh what uh one of the uh police officers that were uh, uh helping uh you know patrol the game uh came down and basically asked me not to do that again because some of the Yukon fans weren't weren't such a fan of me using that language so so i mean that, that's really about it you know um because of also my position at usf you know uh i do feel that i represent the university as well so i really try to keep a very level but passionate head so yeah no we've all been there i remember a couple times in in high school at some of those basketball games i said some things that i probably shouldn't even regret mm-hmm. now yeah mm-hmm. yeah this this team has a way of of drawing the fandom out of you you know um they're 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 so good but as some there, there are times where it could just get so frustrating watching some of these games because they'll, you know how good they are, and it's probably because of this this layoff that they've kind of struggled mm-hmm. to find their legs and kind of have lost some rhythm offensively. Um, but yeah, they just they can they can draw some of the best and worst emotions out of you. Um, mm-hmm. So what are what are some of the things that you think USF needs to improve on? based off tonight's performances and the performances you've kind of seen since the layoff in order to, to you know, tighten up for the for the tournament? Because Coach Jose has been talking about it for the last couple of games that he's very looking forward to after tonight's game um, and kind of the days following the AAC tournament to kind of just focus on themselves, you know. The layoff kind of, like, really threw off their practice schedule and you still see players that are struggling to get back into rhythm. Mm-hmm. So he's he's looking forward to this to this chance to finally get a chance to sit down, focus on their mistakes instead of having you know prepare for the next opponent opponent right away. What are you, some of those things that you need to focus that you think they need to focus on um, leading into March March Madness? Well, the good news is that you know they're going to have uh, a pretty decent sized break um, before they have to play again, um, and then. Uh, Either uh, Wichita State um, or uh, oh gracious, uh, I completely forgot who it was already. <laughs> Wichita State or Tulsa, uh, you know they're, they're gonna be um, you know just having played a game the night before, um, you know, and that's another element of those conference tournaments is that you know you play games in consecutive days and at no other point in the season um, do you have to do that. So um, as far as you know, just limiting the mistakes. Um, you know, making the wide open layups, uh, you know, limiting turnovers. If they do that, they should be just fine. And I think, uh, you know, not that we're not all uh, 
very proud of, you know, what Coach Fernandez and the student athletes have done already this season. But, uh, you know, I think they're going to come home with uh, USF's first uh, conference tournament championship. I, I've uh, I said this to Francisco that so this is their third loss of the season coming off of both of their other losses. They turned around and had huge wins afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. lose to Baylor, beat Mississippi State, lose to um, Houston, beat UCF to clinch the regular season conference title. So I don't know, maybe in a way this um, this loss lights a fire under them and because mm-hmm. they've been punched in the mouth twice and they turned around and and came back harder both times. So hopefully they'll do that again this time around. Yeah. And, you know, um, th- this is certainly, you know, the the game against Houston and the game tonight, uh, you know, this was not the first time that, you know, uh, they haven't reached their full potential. Uh, that game against Cincinnati should have never went to overtime, uh, you know, but they came back, you know, and that's what good teams do is that, you know, when they're not at their best, they, they push through. Um, and that's why I think that, you know, USF has a very good shot at winning the conference championship and, you know, really making a sizable run going further than any other team has um, in the uh, in the NCAAs. I, I, I totally agree, especially because when you watch this team and you see everything they've gone through this season, it, it kind of seems like they're just, I don't know if it's because they're so close or, or their mentality is just different, but they've just been through so much. They they went through a 31-day hiatus. Um, they've, they've, they've suffered drawbacks off losses they they really didn't have their full strength team back until like what was it the the Tulane game yeah and Elena Chinecki didn't even play that many minutes she wasn't really full use until until Temple and that and that was a struggle as we all know um so Mm -hmm. this team just just seems like they just have a different kind of bond that you know when it comes tournament time those things are important you know, going through those battles and all these tight games, you know, you know, we, we might suffer through them, you know, the fans and and people at USF might suffer through seeing all these down to the wire. But that's 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 what happens comes to, come tournament time. You need to be ready. You need to be battle tested. And this team has definitely done that. Yep. The old saying is survive in advance. And I think uh, USF is good at that. So, yeah, yep. absolutely. We do. Uh, we don't want to keep you for too long. So, Francisco, do you want to try? Uh, try yeah. a new segment. So, um, we're starting a new segment on the podcast. It's called Bull, Bull Rush, um, and we kind of just ask you like ten rapid fire questions, kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, it's just some some random rapid fire stuff. So, um, um, so let's get started. Uh, yeah, we'll bounce back and forth. So I'll go first. Uh. Favorite cartoon growing up or childhood TV show? I was a big Inspector Gadget fan. Nice. Um, favorite musician or artist? I'm really into AJR lately. JR. Uh, favorite snack, like a snack food, not so much a meal? Jelly beans. I am a jelly bean uh, connoisseur. I love the stuff. Got you. Um, your celebrity crush or your favorite celebrity? Uh, let's go with favorite celebrity. Um, you know, I'm a realist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I think. Um, oh, good goodness gracious! Uh, big Denzel Washington fan. I think. Uh, you know, I, th- I haven't uh, seen anything that he's played that I haven't loved. So. 
Um, quick, I know we said rapid fire, but what's your favorite Denzel movie? Man on Fire. Uh, it's underrated. Uh, if you haven't seen it, see it. There's a lot of uh, subtle themes to it. So, I had to. I'll have to add it to my list, but I, I kind of have a basic answer. Training Day. That that monologue is just ingrained in my mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um, you got the next question, Richard? Yeah, we'll go back to it. Uh, favorite USF athlete of all time, and then if this is a different answer, favorite athlete period of all time. Oh, favorite USF athlete of all time. Uh, I would have to say um, Courtney Williams. I think just the way that she uh, controlled the floor and dominated other teams was really something awesome to see. Your pet peeve. Oh, pet peeve. You know, I'm really kind of a cool, calm, and collected dude, so I really don't have much in terms of pet peeves. When things uh, don't go to plan, uh, I'm a planner, so uh, that's a very good thing, I think, until things go south, um, in which case it causes us to panic, so. Got you. Then uh, after that, uh, favorite place, or if you could pick any place in the world to travel, where would it be? Um... I'd say Ireland. Uh, I've always wanted to go. Three things on a desert island. Oh. Um, satellite phone, life science supply of jelly beans, uh, and I guess water. And Hopefully that satellite phone is a full battery. So we all just uh, munch on some jelly beans and uh, drink some water until uh, a plane arrives. And then the last one we got for you is your favorite spot on the USF campus. Favorite spot on the USF campus. Um, oh, uh, I'd have to say uh, either my office, uh, where I feel that we have a lot of great conversations every day, um, and I get to really uh, work with students to help them uh, figure it out, uh, figure out what it is they want to do and how to get there. Um, that or, um, you know, I think USF is a really great rec center. Um, you know, when I was a student, I used it a lot. Um, uh, when I'm a staff member, I use it quite a bit. Um, the scale will tell you not as much as I should be, but, uh, you know, when we, I think we still got COVID as an excuse, uh, to have gained a little bit. So, uh, you know, it'll be over soon enough and, uh, all run out of excuses. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, Learn a little bit more about you. We hope to do that with all of our future guests. You know, just get to know them a little bit better. Um. So, Daniel, we 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 thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us, and and maybe we'll have you on the podcast sooner rather than later. Maybe after a a tournament title. Yeah. Yeah. If it happens. Hopefully, hopefully later after the after uh, a tournament win. Maybe a week week from today we could be on another podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel. So that was our interview with Daniel. Um, Had a really great conversation with him about his time as a USF fan, a super fan, um, some of his best memories, and what he thinks of this year's team and and what they could possibly accomplish. Um, Really great conversation. And like we said on the pod, Maybe a week from today, we could be having another celebratory podcast with them talking about the AAC tournament champion USF women's basketball team. So 
Um, Stay tuned and we'll see you on the next one.